cheering amazingly. They're kind of going, hey, do this idea, do this idea. Why haven't you done my idea yet? And I'm like, this is great. This is the kind of audience relationship you want, really. I'm kind of wondering if you covered the Volvos and Bedford Basin. But no, we haven't. We should. Okay. <laughs> that's another one on the list now. That's another Thanks. one on the list. You're welcome. <laughs> Just to make the list bigger. Okay. Reese, welcome to the studio. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited to be on plog number two. So with the plog series, what our hope is to do is to just kind of have some fun conversations about different parts of podcasting that might be helpful, that might be useful, that may be interesting yeah. to people who are interested in making their own podcast, maybe interested in improving the quality of their show. My name is Connor. I'm the studio engineer and an editor here at Podstarter. Uh, I'm Reese, and I'm one of the producers. So I think a lot about production elements because yeah. I do, I spend my time editing here. I think that there's a lot that you can do in terms of production to first and foremost fit the goal, the objective of what your show is. So knowing your your content, knowing your audience and, and knowing the purpose of why you're doing all this. Because when we talk about production features, what do we, what are we talking about, Reese? Well, I I guess you, you're talking about anything from people talking like we are now yeah. in a room to the kind of music you're using, yeah. the kind of sound effects you're using, mm-hmm. how you treat the voices and the sound effects in terms of are you adding reverb to make it sound like in a different environment, are you treating it to make it sound more of a studio feel, you know, um, and then even like archive audio, you pull in audio clips from news sources or old newsreels from the 40s. I you know. love our using... Um like 1940s radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody talks like this anymore, but here's a clip anyway. All these things do a really good job of creating kind of an environment for the listener. Yeah. I think of podcasts as very much so relying on this whole concept of theater of the mind. Yeah. So the features like the sounds and the EQ treatment and the music stings can all add into creating something that's a lot more atmospheric. That can be really helpful for some shows. So I look at things that are very narrative or not necessarily fiction but just if you're telling a story just like movies you know it's not like it's dead room silence yeah. <laughs> through every bit of dialogue it's nice to have some some music in there and and i think a lot of people assume and i talk about this all the time that if they need a podcast in they assume that a podcast is people in a room talking yeah. or people talking remotely to each other it's just talking mm. and and like yes like we do we produce a lot of shows like that they're really valid to do certain things and to have certain kind of conversations but the ability for people to go well how can i enhance this audio experience in terms of to make like your like the point you're making to better emphasize how i want people to feel how i want them to learn is it a plain donut are you going to put some icing and some sprinkles on to give it like a to make it just really pop and stand out and be really memorable i think i think that that's that's the key thing to think about is what what can i pull in to add to it and really kind of uh, make people just feel like they're having that experience and i think on one hand you have very high production shows and i think about our podcast the little blue suitcase which has a whole lot of voice eqing and effects treatments but it also has more than one music bed flowing yeah. through it <laughs> things that because it adds a little bit more and I think in terms of context, yeah. because of the music we're using, it's more immersive. But I also think that that same treatment wouldn't work as well in a more interview-based show like Mullinger Meets Canadians. No, 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 because it's very much 
long form heartfelt conversation james is an expert interviewer he's asking these really quest really great questions he's inserting himself hampering the way that person tells their story mm-hmm. he's enabling them to really flow and i think that you know his show yeah i think sound effects and music would take away from it and then you, you take like armbrae academy yeah you know the the school we produce a podcast for that's interview based in a studio but the studio and the the adults we talk to are removed from the school but because we were when we pitched the idea we were like you need the kids and the school and that community to be present yeah we intercut studio-based interviews with um with meg and the host and, and whoever she's talking to from the school or uh, associates of the school with the sounds of the voices of the kids so like the basketball episode it's the the coaches are talking about what they do on in you know with the kids but then we have interviews with the kids and the sound of them playing basketball interspersed with the interviews so you can bridge those two worlds to make sure that it kind of creatively all fits together and i think what we're getting to here is that when you're thinking about your podcast and you're thinking about the show that you want to produce having this awareness of what would fit in terms of production elements? Is it going to be like Mullinger Meets where you just need to have an intro, an extra, and a mid-roll for the sponsors? Yeah. Or is it going to be something that's going to require a full treatment and hours and hours of post work, which is great <laughs> and awesome. But I think knowing your content, yeah, knowing your audience, and knowing the purpose of your show dictates if it's going to be a high or low production show. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's going to be a high quality or low quality show by any means. It's just what are the additional features we need to bring out the essence of what we're telling and share the story in a way that audiences are going to want to tune back in yeah. and continue to tune back in. And it's the same with like the the frequency that you're going to release a show also really really informed because obviously you can't have really in-depth creative treatment with like all these like with 18 tracks of audio doing multiple things if your show is a is a daily show because it's impossible unless that's your full-time job and you don't have any kind of life outside of that podcast or or a team of 30 people (laughs) who give you so it kind of you you need to kind of go down that route of the frequency so you know the simpler if you want to be really present and kind of give people a daily or or every you know two days you're delivering something or even like something like that is longer every week you know you kind of go well maybe i can't have those like highbrow production values or maybe i can only do it sometimes but um i've i've got to stick to just what is realistic too but i think that people shouldn't necessarily be afraid of experimenting i think it's really important to kind of try stuff out Absolutely. You know, there's something to be said about courage as well when it comes to podcasting. And and this is going to be, I think, a recurring lesson in the plug series that having the courage to try the thing and to see if it succeeds or fails is totally all right to yeah. change up what you're doing for an episode and, and receive feedback from your audience. You can decide where to go from there. Making small incremental changes to improve your show isn't going to necessarily scare away your audience, even if they don't love the changes. <laughs> they will tell you gladly that they don't like the changes. (laughs) And then you'll take that very useful and polite advice and then adjust accordingly. But yeah, you know, if you think there's something that's going to add to your show in terms of maybe it's a more active music bed, or maybe you want to add more things like reverb, delay, echo, and all of these fun effects to get a laugh or to set a tone. Yeah. And Why then, not try it? Yeah, exactly. Well, what have you got to lose? And I think, like like you were saying, if you're afraid of how your audience will react, some of the best podcasters I know, they they say to the audience, they declare the intention of going, listen, next week it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to try something out. And we really want to know how you feel about it. And Embrace that, the criticism. Exactly. But, but, also, but also people, if they love your show, they will genuinely 
uh, leap at the opportunity to participate. Yeah. They want it to be good. They want it to be good. They, they want to support want you, and they want to be part of it. If they feel ownership, if they feel like they, they really enjoy the process, then they'll send you an email saying, I hated it, or I loved it, or, you know, do it again, and do it more. And that's when your project becomes a community. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. On Canadian Politics is Boring, I put a call out saying, hey, any cool ideas that we haven't, we've overlooked? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like now trying to keep up with the emails of replying to people because they're so they're sharing amazingly they're kind of going hey do this idea do this idea why haven't you done my idea yet and i'm like this is great this is the kind of audience relationship you want really so with three minutes left on our clock here how do we want to wrap this up uh, I would say don't limit yourself creatively. Think outside the box. Think what what sound can I capture in the real world on my phone or if you've got any kind of recording kit. Um, think about how you can enhance your conversation or your interviews or even how you structure it. How can I move things around and be playful? Because uh, there's, there's no reason for you just to assume a podcast is any particular kind of thing. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. One last thing I'll touch on is that a lesson I learned from school, putting together things like just a simple report on a local food drive or something when you don't have some of those background sounds like if you see people messing around in the kitchen and you don't hear the clanking of utensils or the rustling of tinfoil paper it throws you off for podcasters and editors and creators for audio thinking about the environment and what makes sense Mm. for your story that you're telling is huge if you're telling a story about basketball maybe having the squeaking of sneakers and the dribbling of a ball fade in to what you're talking about or something like that or fade out would be a great example of how to pull your audience in and a great example of how production can take your podcast and your creative vision to its next logical step. Definitely. Reese, if somebody wants to learn more about podcasting or what we do here at Podstarter, where would you send them? What web address? I'm glad you asked. Um, Podstarter.io. Um, or search Podstarter on social medias. You can also email us at info at podstarter.io. And we've got a new studio we'd love to show off, so get in touch if you want to come and check out our space and, and see what we're up to in downtown Halifax. We have coffee and beer. Yay! Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks for the next plog. Podstarter. Every podcast starts somewhere.